What's up, buddy? I'm dancing. I'm dancing. <laughs> I might have to go back to putting music in after we record. I'm dancing. Ryan just starts every show now by waving his arms around and repeating the same thing a few times. Listen, if you didn't make such fire beats that were so distracting <laughs> because of their fireness. Sorry, I'll play some, some bullshit next time. Yeah, next time just... I'll close the show with just some straight garbage. Next time just play like Rachmaninoff or like... Mm. Something like my real, guy Sergey. <laughs> something like, you know, something less. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, shout out to Sergey. Great music. Just wouldn't get me all turned up like your bangers do. That's fair. I'll uh, maybe maybe hit you with some some Chopin next time or something. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> this show would take a completely <laughs> different energy if we kicked off with this. Hey guys. You want to talk about some aliens tonight? It's funny because many of the podcasts in our... Oh, this sucks so much already. genre. <laughs> somewhat <laughs> genre. Well, I just feel like we don't really have a genre because the people that talk about the weird shit we talk about, no one has no one has this, like, this sense of humor about it that we have. Everyone's very like, fucking serious Dude. and scary. And had, hey, shout out to, to you guys. We love you guys. But also like... I don't think anything is too serious to be made fun of. I have to stop listening to a bunch of my favorite podcasts during <laughs> during October every year. Oh yeah, you get too spooked. No, they just like um, they try and be scary and spooky, but they're not, and that's not why I like those podcasts. We and, talked about Dracula, but we just made we just made jokes about like yeah, like whatever. garlic and shit. Uh, also, before we get started, we're putting this out a little bit early so we can remind you to please good go morning. vote. Good morning, guys. Yeah, we this usually is, say good evening. This is Tuesday, November 6th, uh, a.m. instead of p.m. Because Something sounds interesting about that day, Spencer. It's, hmm, why does that ring a bell? I already I just said it. Why? <laughs> Did you say it? You yeah. just said the date. Thanks for listening. No, you said that date. No, I said because voting. But yeah, oh, go vote, right. please, today. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. Your your voice is important, and uh, your civic duty is important, and shit doesn't change unless people participate in the process. And we might not always love the process, and it may be imperfect, but it's the only process we've got. Uh, so we just strongly encourage everybody to, uh, take a hot second, uh, go vote and, um, mention us on social and send us a picture of your, I voted sticker and we'll give you some love cause we believe in it. So please go do that. Tight. We're going to talk about towns that disappeared. You guys. So what had happened was sometimes. Oh, oh no, I don't have. Oh shit! What happened? Uh, I didn't hook up our our. I can't play sounds. What? Mmm. Mmm. This is a new one for us, but please hold. Uh, okay, we're back. Sorry. That was. Uh, I think that was a first for us, having to actually just hit pause in the middle of a recording because my dumbass had machine plugged into the wrong computer. I think honestly, out of the hundred and is this one hundred six? Ah, something like that. God damn. Um. If this was 106, oh, there God it is. Damn. Yeah. We're back. Thanks, Noob Noob. Um, I feel like we've stopped to pause the show for a couple bathroom breaks <laughs> and a couple like, oops, we inadvertently shared personal information about each other. <laughs> but like, hey. it's been... Probably, we've gotten pretty good at yeah. not fucking up. We haven't hit pause on an episode in I don't even know how many months. What's up with y'all? But... Hey, man. 
It happens. All right. It happens. Sometimes whole towns disappear. You guys, we th- we thought it was just people. <laughs> Sometimes it's a shitload of people. Um. Uh, so what got me into this topic originally was a story out of China Sick. about a, a whole village allegedly disappearing. I mean, there's a lot of people over there. Honestly, you know. <laughs> A good percentage of them. No, I don't know. I, get, I was going to say, a good <laughs> percentage, they have, they're accountable for like half the world's population practically. Some people are going to go missing. All at once from the same place? Well. Without explanation? Probably not that, I yeah, guess. I don't really think that's a, I don't think population is a factor in mass disappearances. It's got to be, right? How do you figure? Well, like, if there's just a group of 10 people sitting in a room, they're not going to disappear. What in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, okay, in a in a big group of people, you know, like your chances of getting murdered, they just like go up because more people. What? Not the percentage chance goes up, but the like the volume of disappearance is going to go up because there's a higher volume of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not going to take place all in one location and be 100% of the people in that location. No, I wasn't making a true logical argument. I was just saying something (laughs) stupid. (laughs) (laughs) What had happened was I said something stupid for comedic effect. It was neither intelligent nor funny. Thusly, carry on. Nailed it. (laughs) So, Kinling Mountains in central China. Have you ever been to China? No. You? No, never. My cousin used to work there a lot. Mm. It looks beautiful. There's uh, this big mountain range in the middle, kind of in the middle of the country, like divides north, northern and southern China. Okay. And there's this story that came uh, that I found originally on uh, ntdtv.com, which mm. is like a local... Chinese news station, I guess. Tight. Uh, the translation of the article is a iffy at best. But thanks, uh, thanks, Googs. Yeah, <laughs> the the tag for this uh, this article. Mm. I'm guessing this is not correct, but they tagged it "Night Raccoon Cat Event." God bless. <laughs> also, the it interchangeably changes to. Night civet cat incident, mm. which I don't know if I, I, I don't know that word. I don't know if that's just like a misspelling of of raccoon. Of raccoon, <laughs> it's an aggressive misspelling. <laughs> <laughs> it has that's just none like, of the same letters. Mash keyboard, <laughs> raccoon. No, not a, not even a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out reading from this article because it kind of makes sense before it totally goes off the rails. This is uh, from. This article is from earlier this year, but it's talking about something that happened a while ago. Whatever. It's hard to hard to say. But it says, on the earth, many people disappeared every day, but the whole village disappeared overnight. See? It, wait. It was not a murder, not a riot. Where did these people go? Read the first part, just the first two sentences, or the first two parts of the sentence again. On the earth, many people disappeared every day. Yep. See, that was literally the point I was trying to make earlier. That's not a point. <laughs> That doesn't. <laughs> Your point was there are a lot of people in China, therefore some have to go missing every once in a while. Is that what you're trying to say? Correct. Okay, but not whole towns. Well, that's to the second point of their sentence. So 
I found um, some more information about this. Basically, the the rough idea is that a whole village disappeared overnight. Now, when you say a whole village, like all of the people, okay, most of the animals, I would imagine, including the raccoons and the cats. I guess maybe um, only the raccoons and the cats. Maybe I, only the raccoons and the cats were what was left. Okay, yeah, because there's also it. It mentions snakes many times. That there are apparently like there's some type of snake that lives primarily or exclusively in the Kindling Mountains. Okay, and in the area surrounding this village, they were all gone. Okay. Okay. So either they had like fled for some reason or been like pushed out by something, something. or someone or they, they got abducted it seems like th- kind of a strange set of three species to call out as mm-hmm. going missing but agreed um there's also a ufo report associated with this or reports perhaps uh people reported seeing ufos flying over the area the night that this happened and there's at least one video of the alleged ufo what i did not see any video yeah it's um a lot of the articles link to a youtube video that's disabled but i found one spot that had it repost or like rehosted somewhere else it's basically a um like a bright blue light sort of right at the horizon but it sometimes raises above the horizon and sometimes dips below the horizon hmm and it's really hard to tell with any level of detail like what it is or the scale of what you're looking at other than you're looking off to the horizon. Is, and then there's some people talking in the background and I couldn't understand what they were saying. Because it was in Chinese, ostensibly. Yeah. Uh, I came across a translation on above top, on an above top secret post. Shout out! The highest quality information. The, uh, the Wikipedia of the weird. And the translation essentially boiled down to what the fuck is that? Is that a UFO? Whoa, bro, look at this. All right. Yeah, something along those lines. I mean, that seems relatively in line with the shit we would probably holler. Um, Some maybe information about the raccoon cat thing. Yeah, okay. It's towards the end of this translated article from NTD TV, uh, it says, second, it was a spy event. Uh, In order to get a state secret, the entire village was transferred to another place, and the CCP issued a level one confidential document to block the news. Third, the night raccoon cat is the code name of an action, Mm. but also the code name of this incident. So I think they're saying not anything actually about those two animals, but that's some weird translation of the code name for this alleged spy event cover-up thing that resulted in this whole village going missing. Uh, you know, we just use individual nouns usually in this country. We say paperclip, and they say mm. night raccoon cat. <laughs> well, <laughs> night raccoon. Because even, ah, fuck, it even says in two uh, sentences... Like right after one after the other, it says the night raccoon cat, and then it says the night raccoon. Mm. I don't know. Raccoon cat sounds like a pretty sweet. Put uh, it on the list. You put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I really want a T-shirt that just says 
Second, it was a spy event. <laughs> it's so declarative. It means absolutely nothing at the same time. Also, it's like it. the sixth paragraph in. He said, oh. the, this author says, second. <laughs> By the way. Um, also, just one more thing about how much I love this Google translation. Yes. Um, about, I don't know, two paragraphs in. It says... The official did not respond to the night civet incident, claiming it was only a rumor. Hey! <laughs> there are also analysts who may be involved in the occurrence of nuclear bases in the Kindling Mountains, which is still a mystery. I'd like to I'd like there to clarify. There is a sentence that is just H-E-Y exclamation point. I'd like to clarify, Spencer did not get so excited by the previous sentence that he was like, Woo! No, that was a hey. direct, that was a direct quote from the article, dude. I <laughs> love the version of your character on the show that you get so excited about reported <laughs> alien news that you just start scatting. Oh yeah, hey, <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> 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 Fucking thrilled. <laughs> and then it came over the horizon. <laughs> what? Damn. <laughs> Bro, are you so excited that's basically, you're scatting right that's now? That's basically what the soundboard is for me. That's true. That's exactly true. So um, I, sp I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the fuck happened with this incident. If it was an actual incident, if it was a hoax, if it was a UFO, if it was military. some sort of military cover-up, if it was both, um, if a thousand people just disappeared, who's reporting this? How did we get that video from a guy who disappeared? Also, how did we get that video from 1987? Okay, so some places, this article says 1987. The article was published in 2017. Uh, the date, or like the dateline on it is 2018. And then everywhere else I read about it said 2010. Mm. So we have at minimum four dates Ranging across 30-ish years, years yeah. of when this happened. That's um, that's it's a, it's a mm -hmm. spectrum. Mm -hmm. We'll call that a spectrum. So, and then every every other article I could find seemed to mostly be a reworking of that initial um, NDT TV article. Yeah, it was covered in a few UFO. Publications in, mm -hmm. in air quotes, blogs, uh, blog spots, Weebly's occasionally. Oh. Mm, mm -hmm. Shout out to Weebly. <laughs> um, Keeping the internet bullshit since 1999. So I think maybe a better translation of some of the stuff from that original article says a village in the Kindling Mountain inexplicably, inexplicably, they misspelled that. Disappeared. Mm. Now the military has cordoned off the area. According to eyewitnesses, a UFO flying around. Okay. Kindling mountains in the snakes have fled. In the snakes? There are mountains in the snakes. Oh, there no. There are also insiders of the nuclear base in the Kindling mountains in the accident. So when I said better translation, I meant different and possibly worse. Stranger? <laughs> With nuclear plant in the mountains? That is a thing that is mentioned sometimes. That they and and I've heard nuclear plant, which I would think would be pretty easy to confirm or uh, confirm the existence or non-existence of, just through like Google Maps and shit, Google uh, Earth. Yeah. Um, 
I think maybe what they're trying to say is that there might be like missile facilities in the mountains. That makes a lot more sense to me because I'm not a smart man, but I'm pretty sure building a nuclear reactor in a mountain and then trying to get that electricity into other places. It's also like a, a pretty, um, it's a pretty rural area. It looks like that's what I was going to say is I don't feel like it makes much sense to just build it in the middle of nowhere and then be like, all right, let's get this electricity back to the people. Right. It's in like the exact center of the country basically. And I'm sure there are obviously tons of nuclear power plants in China, but I think what they're getting at is some sort of testing facility or, or yeah, weapons it, facility in an area that it might be easier or easier to conceal something like that. And so there's, maybe an angle of like people were evacuated for mm, some reason. Interesting. And that reason being something military and or government related. Do you think China is a big enough country that like one governmental organization was like, Oh shit, the test went bad. You guys got to leave. Come up, come with us. And then the next day, another government organization showed up and was like, what the hell? Where'd all the people go? <laughs> like, well, just didn't talk to each other, and, and one of them evacuated, and one was like reporting them missing. It's impossible to track where this reporting is coming from, too, though. And if it if, if there's any legitimacy to any right. of it, you know, it's it's all going back to one article that I don't think even has a byline on it. Sure. Well, and you said this off air too, but yeah, like, there's not even an, there's no one credited with writing this article that everyone else is just rewriting. Um, yeah, and you, I mean, you said this off air, but like, it's also really hard to get much information out of China that we can be reliant on from any sort of, especially on the internet. <laughs> well, right, yeah, it almost um, conceptually anyway. It's, uh, I don't know, I would almost compare it a little bit to like an Area 51-y, you know, facility yeah. in the mountains. Right. We, we have our own weird. versions of these types of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Although we don't have a version where a, a sizable group of people in their permanent dwellings near Area 51 disappeared overnight along with all of the animals. <laughs> And, That's, and maybe night raccoons or snakes. And maybe snakes in the accident. And maybe the government mountains and the snakes. <laughs> the government came to kill the mountains that were inside of the snakes. Mm, yeah. So anyway, when I got frustrated with how difficult it was to find information about that one, and it seemed like most likely it was like a hoax or like a a vast. Uh, misunderstanding or exaggeration of some sort of actual event that I was never going to get to the bottom of. Sure. I started looking at other weird disappearances of whole towns or groups, very large groups of people. Yeah. I have two U.S. based ones. You also have two. I've got a, I've got one good one. <laughs> okay. One good one, one shitty one. I've got, I've got one in Canada. Eh? Okay. Let's start there. You wanna you wanna go to Canada? What what part? Um. So we're going to hang on. I'm gonna fuck it up. None none of none of it. 
Pardon? None, I'll have... None of, we're going to none of it, Canada. I'll have none of it. I said what part, and you said none of it? None of it. Mm. Okay. But really, though, none of it. That's a real thing. Okay. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what happened? None of it. I got to look it up to make sure that I'm saying it right. <laughs> N-U-N-A-V-U-T. None of it? Uh, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's, it's the most fun way to say it. If, if I say it 10 more times, <laughs> will it make more sense? Uh, I think you should tell us what happens. Well... So what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to go to the firsthand source that we have for it and actually read some of this firsthand source. I'm getting dickered on this one. And then, and then, and then we can, um, we can go from there. Okay. So this comes from uh, a newspaper called The Bee. Tight. Uh, which was in. Like B-E-E? The B-E-E. Nice. In I love those uh, guys. What's that? I love those guys. BBs? Yeah. Tight? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, no relation, I believe. Mm, well, whatever. Uh, why do they call it that? Aren't, aren't there a lot of pe- papers that are like the so-and-so B or like... Yeah, I don't know. Not it, a journalist. Is it because there's like... I can't read. <laughs> they know the buzz? I, I doubt it. Uh, I, I doubt it's a pun. <laughs> I, you know writers, though. We're all fucking... Yeah, look what I did with my words. <laughs> Can you tell us what happened, please? <laughs> We're in Danville, Virginia. It's uh, it's Thursday, November 27th of 1930. I know the date that specifically because, in fact, a newspaper has that level of detail uh, inside of their actual papers. The headline <laughs> the, on the, the date that things happened, correct. I would hope so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, the, uh, the headline on... I don't know actually what page it is. It does not appear to be... Ryan, no one cares what page of the newspaper that no, it's no. on. What happened? What Hang is on. the story, Hang bud? Hang on, dude. I'm burying the lead. Relax. Yes, severely. It's deeper in the paper. So it's not like this wasn't fucking making huge headlines. But the headline for the article is, Vanished Eskimo Tribe Gives North Mystery Stranger Than Fiction. So in... Kind of a clumsy headline. A little bit. Uh, none of it, for those who are not familiar, is uh, just east of Alaska. Okay. So in in Canada, but east of Alaska, um, it's obviously very far north. It's obviously dark for a lot of the year. It's also obviously extremely cold and unforgiving, especially up in that area of none of it. There's a lot of um, Inuit tribes. But uh, but not much actual development. There's a lot of water and a lot of land as well. Um, whether <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, there's like some. There's some land and some I mean, of it's like, water. <laughs> I mean, it's like vast <laughs> open there, there spaces. Are like animals and maybe some people. <laughs> you, know, you know, Canada. You know. <laughs> Earth, right? <laughs> I mean, more like vast open spaces and vast connected waterways, bodies of water, small lakes, rivers, etc. Sure. Um, the weather is so unforgiving. I actually had to look it up. I looked up uh, the closest development I could find, which is Enadai in none of it. Um, the highs in uh, January, February, uh, March, and December, none of them are warmer than 12 below zero. Tight. So, not great. Um, and this newspaper story tells this tells the uh, the tale of Joe LaBelle, who is a Canadian trapper 
who was trapping and exploring and camping in none of it. And as he's moving through the Arctic wilderness, uh, Joe LaBelle finds what apparently was known by, apparently, we still haven't pulled it. As soon as I said it, Spencer just gave me the eye. <laughs> you say God it the same it. way. We don't need to pull it. That's true. Um, this uh, This village was supposed to be, the article, so, okay, really quick. The article says Eskimo... <laughs> I'm going to say Inuit. I'm going to read the article verbatim. I don't know what the appropriate term is. I'm pretty sure it's Inuit. That seems like a good thing to figure out before we do this story. I'm just saying I'm going to read that word in the article because that's how the article is written, but I'm relatively sure that Inuit is the correct term. I bet I don't want to offend anyone. I'm Please correct me if I'm wrong, and I will retract. Um, but anyway, this Inuit camp was there and apparently known to the trappers in the area being vast open spaces of both land and water. It was nice to have a place you could rely on to settle, get a meal, um, see people, trade if you needed to, etc. So uh, Joe LaBelle tells this story, and um, I'm not going to get into the, the language is very flourishy, I guess, the time of the 30s. But Joe LaBelle walks upon this Inuit camp, and apparently it's a camp that's known to him, so he's going in to explore looking for people, and there are no people in this camp. Now, he said the camp itself was a camp of about six main tents, which was about six families and equated to around 25 to 30 people. None of the people that he was used to finding every time he visited this Inuit camp were present there. But they weren't just not present. They were not present in a way that was um, kind of scary. So I'm going to read from this article from the B. It says, Joe LaBelle admits that stumbling on the abandoned village gave him the creeps. A man doesn't get the creeps readily when he spends months at a time trudging by his lonesome across these barren lands where there is never a house or a human or anything to break the white-rimmed silence. See, it's all like flourishy and kind of strange. Um, but Joe LaBelle got creep just the same from, uh, when he spied the tent colony, LaBelle says he sensed something was wrong. He had beached his canoe on the edge of the lake, a hundred yards or so distant and let out a hail of greeting as he walked up, but there was no answer. He then says that there were starving dogs that he came upon. So the dogs were present at the village but were in bad shape, basically like came almost, he says they came crawling out towards him because they were so weakened by not having eaten that, um, they were basically like malnourished to the point of being ill. Um, and then a quote from Joe here later in the article, he says the whole thing looked as if it had been just left that way by people who expected to come back, but they hadn't come back. I went outside and looked over the rest of the camp and I was puzzled. Um, he talks about finding all of the tents in similar states where there were uh, sewing needles left in sewing as if someone had been sitting with something over, you know, a stick and was sewing on it and had just mm. gotten up and walked away. Um, he said there was clothing. It hadn't looked like they had gathered belongings to leave and go to another place to come back to at a later time. Um, everything felt like it had been sort of just in an instant people left in a rush without gathering their things or without doing anything and were no longer there. They left food. Uh, they left water. Um, 
and basically disappeared without a trace. So apparently Joe, when he got back from this trip, contacted the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and told them, hey, you know, I don't know what's going on, but somebody should go check on these people. And um, they did and found the same thing that he found at the Inuit village. And they were never found or heard from again. They didn't find them in other villages. They didn't find bodies. Uh, they didn't find anything. These people had just straight up disappeared. How many people did you say? Well, later, the story changes to a village of much greater size. But this is the first original telling of this story. And this one says he thinks somewhere between 25 and 30 people. Based on when he had been there in the past, that's usually how many people were there? That and based on, well, yes, and also I think based on what he explored in the village. So this is how many tents I can see, oh, this is okay. how many sleeping spaces there were, sure, this is sure. you know, generally what he could suss out. Uh, what would be the standard mode of travel in this area? Um, I think it would depend on the season. Because in the summertime, it actually does, the snow does melt. It gets, you know, becomes grass. So obviously in the summertime, it would be walking. Um, but in the wintertime, I would also imagine it would be dog sled, but I don't know. Okay. And was there evidence of uh, either of those things? No, not that I could read. He didn't actually um, seem to find any... Um, any like departure tracks um what wait what time of year did this happen or did what time of year did he show up there i i don't know um it says that this story came from manitoba on november 26th and this was reported in the danville b on thursday the 27th so November, uh, probably. November, sometime. yeah, mid to late November, I guess, by the time the story travels to Manitoba and then so, travels to Virginia. It probably would have, I'm assuming, been snow-covered already at, at any point in November. Yeah, in my um, in my weather poll that I did, the highs of November, average high in November in this area, none of it, uh, is eight, and the average low yeah. is negative six. So, so, yes, more than likely that was going to be snow And there covered. were no tracks? <clears throat> That seems sort of impossible, I guess, unless it had, well, we don't know how much time I, I guess had passed between whenever they left and whenever he showed up. Yeah, and he doesn't say either how long it had been, um, at least not that I was able to find. Um, how Wait, how long would it have been? How long it had been since he had been there last. Oh, got it. So, you know, to your point, could have been six weeks and all of that would have yeah, been yeah, yeah. well covered up by snow at that point right. and there wouldn't be any signs of departure i guess if it was long enough for dogs to be starving to death it was probably a couple weeks at least right um so now the story gets a little weird because there isn't a whole ton of good data outside of this one primary source and in fact the story seems to grow the more it gets told there are later tellings of the <laughs> you you're smiling and and nodding knowingly. No, it's I, I don't know the specific story, but I I just always uh I suspect that with a lot of the stories that we talk about. Yeah. Especially when it's so hard to in this case we actually have an original 
primary-ish source. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of track that. Yeah. But I wonder with a lot of the stuff that we talk about, by the time we hear about it, especially with, when you're going back, you know, uh, 80 to 100 years with some of this stuff. Yep. I I wonder how much changes in that story. And yep. Yeah. So what what are the later versions of this? Um I I meant to say the the location this is is called Lake Angakuni. Mm. Uh, Angakuni, I think uh, I think A N G I K U N I. Sure. Um in later versions of the story, the number of people in the Inuit village grows. Um, to well, the highest version of it I saw reported was a thousand. That's a lot more than twenty five. Correct. Those numbers are not similar at yeah. all, actually. Yeah. Um. And no, I totally agree with you that um, that yes, these stories grow a lot. There was um, there was another piece of data uh, later found that said that a grave had been dug up in the village and that the village people would place sort of ceremonial stones around graves. The, the band? What? I missed it. Dug the, it. the band? The village people placed oh, <laughs> stones around their graves? The people of the village. Oh. Yes. Not the, <laughs> that's actually how they just bury people. They just sing YMCA as they lower them down. The energy seems odd, but it's a celebration mm. of life. Um, yeah, no, there there were circles around the grave that apparently hadn't been disturbed. So the way they tell the huh. story, essentially, I think it's a detail included to say that it wouldn't, an animal, a big animal that would have dug and tried to eat a fresh body or something like that would have disturbed the, the grave site oh. more. If it were so a just bear saying it was done by a human. A, I guess, yes. Okay. But that could be a someone traveling through the area, right? Uh doesn't necessarily mean it was someone who lived there, does it? No, no. It, yeah. it could have been could have been either. But just sort of a strange and I guess creepy detail to add to the story. To be walking around digging up graves. Yeah. yeah. Or or did someone dig up the grave and everyone was like, fuck that guy. He's crazy. Let's get out of here. Or, you know? It, yeah. Is it, uh, I'm wondering about like the disease or why it would be the, what things would lead to like someone being buried recently and then everyone else leaving. Yeah. But then why would it would be dug back up again is also weird. Well, I mean, that that could be unrelated. Slash um, probably is. Yeah, fair. So, this too might be bullshit. Theme of the episode. <laughs> theme of the podcast. Um, the There was a significant amount of reporting on this that happened both in Canada and away from it. But the RCMP apparently got more inquiries about this topic after it had come out because people were asking questions about where was this and who was this and mm -hmm. the RCMP did a little bit of research and actually found that Joe the guy who was interviewed for the story the year that he went out was actually the first year that he had a hunting license or a trapping license so his story that he had been through there a bunch seemed sort of strange but 
other people said, well, maybe he just was trapping without a license for right. years and finally went, eh, maybe I need to actually get this thing legit. That seems very possible to me. It does seem Especially very possible. Especially in 30, what are we, 32, you said? Uh, 30. 30? 30, 30, yep. Yeah. Joe, who goes trapping where the high is negative eight, doesn't <laughs> give a fuck about a trapping license. I, I sure wouldn't. I'd be a lot more concerned with staying alive. Um... Oh, that's the Bee Gees. That's not the village people run. Uh, uh. That's all we can do. Two Oz. Anyway, I guess the colorful language of the writer of the original B article uh, was assessed as similarly colorful language to some other stories that appeared to be, oh, should we say, exaggerated? So this is a question <clears throat> that I was considering or pondering earlier today uh on a scale of one to bullshit how bullshit were newspapers in the 1930s especially in small towns well i think you have a whole lot of leeway you're in virginia in 1930 and this is a story from none of it canada right who's gonna who's gonna go no way Who's going to check you on that? Your paper's never going to get and in the they, hands of somebody in Manitoba that day. And even if they did, who like who cares? Yeah. Are there any repercussions of that? Your goal is to sell newspapers, right? Right. And also, too, if you actually go through, you can find there's a library scan of the Danville Bee from this day. The language that I read in that earlier part, the article's actually kind of long, and there are more details that I didn't cover and I'm not going to cover, but... There's definitely a a flourish to the whole thing. It's told in a very yeah narrative way in not just newspaper reporting, journalistic, these are the facts form, but more, you know, ooh, and the night, and he got creeped out, and it just feels like it's told in a way that's trying to make you go, mm, this is juicier than maybe it yeah. really was. This is at least partially fiction. Yeah. Like, uh, do you yeah. want to hear about one from Iowa that's almost certainly mostly fiction? Totally. I just want to, I just want to close this loop by saying the RCMP has publicly said they think this is an urban legend because they don't have a good, I mean, granted their data and reporting from the thirties is probably not super great later in like the sixties when the story kept getting brought back up. But they were basically like, yeah, we don't have reports of this. We don't think there's a village up there. We've never heard about one. And so they think it was a trapper and a news person in Manitoba saying, hmm, let's see what we can do. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Iowa. Urkhammer, Iowa. That's U-R-K, Hammer. I think this is our first Iowa story. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. Eh, I was okay, sort of. <laughs> well, there's just... There's not a... I've had exactly one good time in Iowa. There's not a lot of people there, man. <laughs> so no one should go missing There's by your logic. Not a lot of disappearances. <laughs> Need more people to have more people disappear. Uh, this takes place between 1928 and 1932-ish. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> starting in 1928, people started to doubt that the town of Urkhammer, Iowa existed. Uh, which people? People, people, just Iowans. I could literally find not a single primary source for this one. So oh, we are indulging some total bullshit, most likely here. Let's ride. But it's not the first time nor the last. Uh, in 1928, 
most of my information from this one came from things that start end with dot blogspot.com. Perfect. Uh-huh. Uh, Fanfic. <laughs> basically. People started to doubt that this town existed because uh, aerial photographs of the area, which I'm not sure who was taking aerial photographs of random towns in Iowa in 1928, but apparently someone was. Cool. Uh, where there should have been homes and streets and stores, according to people who had been there before, there were simply fields and farms that looked to be abandoned. Uh, sorry, can I just... Absolutely. <laughs> My initial reaction to this is like, did a guy just fly the wrong direction? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Flying was pretty new back then. What's the name of it? An- Shit, photography was pretty new back then. Yeah. N- navigation as a whole... What was the name of the town? Urkheimer. Urkheimer? U-R-K Hammer. Urkheimer. I'm going Urkheimer. The Urkelhammer. Uh, Aerial photos of probably the wrong place showed empty fields where there should have been a town. This is the best. Uh, Soon after that, I think about a week later, there was a report from a tourist who was passing through the area and stopped at a gas station to fill up. And uh, when he was leaving, ran out of gas. Okay. Fills up his car, drives like a couple miles out of town, runs out of gas. Which town? Urkhammer. Oh, so he found it. Yep. It existed when he went there. Correct. Got it. He filled up with gas, kept going, got a couple miles out of town, ran out of gas. Okay. Uh, That's not a normal thing that should happen to your car. No. So he thought he had gotten ripped off or something by the attendant who charged him, but only put like a tiny bit of gas in or something. Or water. <laughs> yeah. So he has to walk back into town to get gas, and he's going to walk back to his car. Um, He reported that as he was walking back to town, no matter how long he walked, he was not getting any closer to the town. That's such a trippy concept. So he estimated when he ran out of gas that he was about two miles out of town. Should have been, you know, 30, maybe 40-minute walk back into town. He's walking for a couple hours and is no closer than when he started. Was he any further from his car? That was my question. <laughs> Were, was he like five miles away from his car, but the town was still two miles away? Or was he just walking or was on he like walking a treadmill? In place? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's the former. I think it was he was moving away from his car. But somehow couldn't get back to the town. But it was like the, the town was moving away from him at the same rate. Got it. I think is what is being described here. Got it. All right. Uh, At this point, some other people uh, picked him up and drove him back to his car into another town to get gas. So he said, fuck that town forever. (laughs) Hey, can you guys take me to Urkhammer? The fuck are you talking about? It's no town called Urkhammer, you fucking weirdo. (laughs) Other people who would pass through started reporting that... What used to be a busy, active town uh, now appeared to be empty or abandoned, mm. uh, and that there were still houses and buildings and stuff there, but they did not appear to be occupied. Sick. Uh, in 1929, so I think that first report came from like fall of 28. Okay. So a few months later, uh, 
the Davenport Clarion Sun Telegraph. All right. Davenport newspaper published versions of both of these stories. Okay. Um, they received a letter from a woman claiming to live in Urkhammer. Her name was Fatima Morgana. That. Huh? That sounds like a television show name. Fatima Morgana? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, quote, disputing the apparent non-existence of her town. <laughs> I'm real, <laughs> goddammit! And my brother's real? Uh, and and, my dog is real? And relating her life story there as a schoolteacher and anti-saloon league activist. Because it was the 20s. I don't... Look, I know what a saloon is, and I know what a league is. I do not know what a saloon league is. An anti-saloon league. Uh, oh, I, I think see. it was a league of people who were anti-saloon. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like generally some sort of competitive being, drinking. That's right where my head went. I was like, sick. you don't say. I'm <laughs> sick. I was born in the wrong era. Urkhammer's uh, own newspaper, the Bugle. Picayune Advertiser mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. ran the headline, rumors of our non-existence have been greatly exaggerated. Oh, that's a <laughs> that's like a thing, isn't it, that line? For which they were promptly sued by the estate of Samuel Clements. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, rumors of my demise have yeah. been... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't copyright a man's last words. Eh. You can't they if, tried, I guess. You can if this story's bullshit. Well, it probably is. <laughs> All right. Also, like, if a newspaper is coming out of a town, there's a town, right? Um, I mean, it's a pretty elaborate hoax if it's not. But then also, if it's a small town in Iowa in the 20s, their newspaper is being distributed outside of the town? Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. No. Maybe someone got their hands on a copy? From a place that also doesn't exist? No, maybe, like, um, maybe a does exist, but someone was trying to, like, beef up the tourism there. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Just having the newspaper would seem to be pretty good evidence that it exists, that the place exists. No, but what I'm saying is there is no printing press in Urkhammer at all. Someone who's from in a surrounding area who has access to a printing press is like, man, Got we it. should build this Got city. It. Got it. Let's put out a fake paper that says, we're real, come see us. So... Part four of this Urkhammer may or may not be a real place story. In 1932, there was a group of uh, farming families moving from Illinois all the way to California. So they had a a train of families basically moving across the country because uh, they figured there'd be better farm, farm life to be had on the coast. The gold rush. Yeah. Uh, on the way, they spent a night near Urkhammer, and two of the uh, two of the men who were in this group of families went into the town to get supplies. Okay. Uh, the incredible names continue, by the way. Sick. Paduka Bankforth. Oh. And Tribulation uh, Astonices. Mm. Estonices. I don't. Um, es- Estonikis. Um. <laughs> I'm into it. Whatever they, it is, they, I'm into it. They walked into the town, which is more success than uh, our previous ga- gasless say. friend had. Uh, and they 
got to some sort of general store and uh, they walked up to the front steps of the store and as they stepped on the first of the steps, their foot just went through it. Uh-oh. As if it were uh, like a hologram or something. Did you fall in a hole, bud? <laughs> so this article says, quote, convinced that this was some sort of plot to prevent outsiders from shopping at the store. Very elaborate elaborate plot, especially for 1932. You made a hologram store because we don't. <laughs> we will have Fuck no you. outsiders give us their money. Fuck you. <laughs> you tripped dummy. Fuck you. We're going to so win. They found a board nearby mm. and laid it like up to the, the door. Right. So because the, they, they figured just the steps were ghost steps. Got it. Everything else. Board, store, town must be real. Just ghost steps. Uh, turns out it was also a ghost board. And a ghost store, because they were unable to walk up the board, and when they tried to knock on the door, their hand just went through the door. I like this concept of being able to pick up a board, move the board into place, right? and, and then as soon as you step foot on the board, the board is now not a board it's anymore. It's now a ghost board. Someone is actively fucking with you and or us by the fact that we're reading this nonsense story from 1932. <laughs> Someone, Someone's going to hear this. They're going to search for Urkhammer, and they're going to go, can you believe these motherfuckers? Um, so they went back to their camp because they were freaked out by the ghost store, and they obviously weren't going to be able to buy any supplies anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, they called... <sighs> There's so many parts of the story that are problematic. <laughs> So tight. They contacted police, which I think were like state police. Okay. Who then went to the Urkhammer's sheriff's office. Okay. So they con the these okay. this group of people contacted Iowa State Police. Iowa State Police says, Okay, we'll check out this ghost store or whatever the fuck they reported. Try to buy some shit. <laughs> They're tricking me. The Iowa State Police go to the Urkhammer Sheriff's Office, and uh, as they attempted to knock on the door of the Sheriff's Office, Sick. they Sick. had the same problem that the gentleman had at the store, Sick. in which their hand simply went through the door. You know, I was kind of roasting the concept of a holographic, uh, like, I don't know what you call it, general store, um, but... The the elite level of trolling involved in just creating a holographic town that just is like, Dude, come it, on into the bar, psych! This whole thing reads like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Totally. Especially with it happening over a period of four years where it seems like this town is just sort of fading from mm. existence. It didn't happen all at once. There seemed seems to be evidence that it did exist at least at one point. And then over, like, month by month, over four years, less and less of the town existed. And story the people by went story. The people went away first, and then, like, the houses went away, and then the stores were kind of there, but you couldn't really touch them. And then eventually the town just disappeared. And it says the last thing left was a, was a bathtub in a field. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And by the end of 1932, the town was completely gone, except for the bathtub in a field. Did it hold water? 
the story or the bathtub? Hey-o! <laughs> uh, wherever heck is. Heck. Um, I meant the bathtub. Was it a ghost tub? It says if an you try iron, to bathe a, in the tub. A cast iron bathtub. So the, the only thing real in the town was one guy's bathtub, apparently. He disappeared. The house disappeared. The bathtub remains. That that whole time, the plumbing going just, to it was fake. There's just a genius guy sitting in a bathtub. He created an elaborate system of visual trickery around him, and just sat in his bathtub, laughing at all the people coming in trying to buy shit from his his bathtub. Fucking was, fake city was the one thing immune to the interdimensional demise of Urkhammer. I love it. Mm-hmm. I like I like envisioning him just dragging a bathtub out there and then being like, "Well, no, it was inside his house originally. His house disappeared. He disappeared." Oh, I'm saying this is his personal hoax. Oh, one actual human being, <laughs> yes, not from the town of Urkhammer, just put a bathtub in a field and convinced everyone else that there used to be a town there full of people. Uh, that or he was the one building the holograms themselves. <laughs> Around his own bathtub. <laughs> These 1930s holograms. I'm saying, yeah, he's yeah. just sitting in the bathtub. It was being Tesla. Like, <laughs> it was Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> laughing in a bathtub surrounded by walls of holograms. Well, if this hasn't been one of the goddamn silliest episodes <laughs> we've ever had, Bear, thanks for the za. I'm hungry and I'm pissed <laughs> I didn't eat it. <laughs> we should have said Maybe. sure. We'll take it. Yo, what happened? Maybe it was a hologram pizza delivery guy. Oh, shit. Domino's isn't real. Oh, good. If we go over there, it'll fade out of existence. Dude, Domino's is totally real. I've eaten it. (laughs) (laughs) I've eaten it. Recently, though, it's been slowly fading from existence. Oh, well, it's been been a while. The taste was the first thing to go. Shots fired. Next, their steps are going to disappear. I'm trying to see one of those autopilot Domino's cars drive up Mm. and drop off your pizza with like the oven window. Have you seen that shit? Nope. Mm, They got like a oven window. Put it on the list. Oven window. Um, They've got a little rear window where you type in the code they give you once you've ordered your pizza and and the rear window of the car. (laughs) Just blast it into your face. Pew, pew, pew. It's like a Ninja Turtles episode. Yeah. It's just the turtle van. (laughs) It's the turtle van. They just shoot it into your door. Yeah, you got a mail slot, splat. right? <laughs> just lines it up exactly. They use lasers and shit. Just one piece of cheese like makes it through your mailbox. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to go one slice at a time, but it's intelligent. It reassembles itself on the inside of your house. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. I was going to say, if we had a turtles van, we should just go egg someone's house with we it. We out of here! <laughs> hey, dumb. guys, we love you. <laughs> hey, uh, one more time. Before we go, uh, please, sincerely, go vote. Take the time to go vote. If you have friends or family who might not vote, go get them. Get them to vote with you. Um, it's important, and we believe in it. Uh, if you want to send us an email, uh, hit us up at hi at whatifpodcast.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail like Bear just did about the, our missed pizza opportunity, you can call us at 612-246-4614 as always thank you so much for your supporting and sharing the show Uh, we love you and we'll see you next week peace see you all didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs did you